John, here's your mission if you choose to accept it. To read this redacted script for this movie that I threw together. You'll be playing the part of Mission Commander Swanbeck. I'll be Ethan Hunt. Go! Miss Hall and Ambrose had a relationship which he took very seriously. She walked away and he's been wanting her back ever since. We believe she's our surest and quickest way of locating him. I know why you want to hate me. Make sure she continues to see him, gets him to confide in her and report to you. I know why you want to hate me. Well then, I mislead you, or you made the wrong assumption. Either way, we're asking her to resume her prior relationship, not do anything she hasn't already done, voluntarily, I might add. Now I know why you want to hate me. What? To go to bed with a man and lie to him? She's a woman. She's got all the training she needs. Because hate is all, is all the world has ever seen lately. <laughs> Welcome back to Movie Rewrite. Oh, goodness. Uh, if you haven't decided by our title or this, Mission Impossible 2. Yeah, yeah. Or slow-mo. Or birds. Anything. This movie is... <sighs> infuriating it makes me sad because uh i was definitely a lot younger when i've watched this and so when you're like yeah mission impossible 2 and i was like oh i remember that being good and then yeah i rewatched i'm like yeah this actually wasn't good mission impossible 2 (laughs) released may 24th 2000 to a pg-13 rating our cast tom cruise tandy newton vin rames and other people were directed by John Wu. His box office for this was uh, $546.4 million U.S. Its budget was wow. $125 million. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So this is based off a ABC. Nope, I take that back. It first aired on CBS in September 1966 to March 73. Was revived in 1988 for two seasons on ABC. So we got a property that might not have any business having ran for 20 plus years as a movie franchise. Right. I can't believe this movie is 20 years old. So the plot of this one, Tom Cruise returns to his role of Ethan Hunt in the second installment of Mission Impossible. This time, Ethan Hunt leads his IMF team on a mission to capture a deadly German virus before it is released by terrorists. I already have problems with this. This mission is made impossible due to the fact that he is not the only person after samples of the disease. He must also contest with a gang of international terrorists headed by a turned bad former IMF agent who has already managed to steal the cure. Whoa, 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 wait. Time out. He's trying to steal it from two different people? I thought this was the same person all the way through. Was I deceived by the masks? That whole mass thing drives me nuts. His mission is made impossible <laughs> due to the fact that he is not the only person contest with the gain of international terrorists. See, this is where I'm lost. This movie, I feel right off the bat. I, I, I saw the first one in theaters, and 11 or so year old me was confused by what I saw because it is a little bit tougher to understand. True. This movie is a trash fire being driven by a truck, a a garbage truck that's on fire, 
<laughs> to a flaming heap of a tire fire to me. And I yeah, think I, I saw this in theaters. And I will tell you this. I did have the CD to this movie. Yeah, I was going to say that, that I feel like that was the only thing rememberable about the uh, the movie was that song. Well, hell, man, you got Limp Bizkit, Metallica, Rob Zombie, Butthole Surfers, uh-huh. uh, Foo Fighters cover and a Pink Floyd cover, Godsmack, Uncle Cracker, yeah, uh, like, Apartment 26, it, Diffuser, Buck Cherry, like Powderfinger, and then Tori Amos. I mean, I didn't listen to all these artists at the time, but I had, I know I had this disc. We've talked about soundtracks before. I 16-year-old me was um, stupid. <laughs> uh, our writing team for this movie, you have Bruce Geller, who is the creator of the TV series. You got Ronald Moore. Uh, he, up until Mission Impossible 2, was a lot of Star Trek TV. So it's pretty interesting that he gets a writing gig on a Mission Impossible, which I guess makes sense. He's coming from TV doing a franchise that's based off a TV show. Maybe is I guess that's where that comes together. You got Brandon Braga, same thing. He, up until that point, uh, Star Trek TV. Some 24, just kind of just all over the well no Mm. 24 was after i guess but yeah you've got star trek so we got sci-fi writers coming in to do this movie which is interesting and you got robert town which i guess was the bigger draw to this he has a lot of credits uh to his name up until mission impossible 2 he did mission impossible the firm days of thunder (laughs) tom cruise vehicle there Uh, a bunch of other stuff that he's uncredited for being a part of, and nothing I've ever really seen. Uh, after Mission Impossible 2, he's only got four credits, and half of them are different TV episodes or shows. So, you know, it, you kind of got a hodgepodge of stuff. You got John Woo, who I I never heard of him until this movie, and even then my younger self didn't care. Uh, this guy's responsible for Face Off and Broken Arrow. Face Off. Well, those are also movies I haven't seen in quite a while, but I, for some reason, remember those being good, weren't they? I have a feeling Ish. if you went back and watched, you'd be like, holy shit, this is a time capsule of that <laughs> era, and yeah, that is right. where it should belong. I mean, I feel like Face Off was kind of a little slow. It's bug nuts. Um, Broken Arrow, though, that one wasn't too bad, was it? Here's the thing. John Woo, John mm. Woo, Woo has some <laughs> signatures of his filmmaking, and you saw it in Mission Impossible 2, and that yeah. slow-mo, yeah. and those goddamn pigeons. Yep. Stupid. Which I guess is like the precursor to a fight scene is those pigeons. I guess if you were to watch some of his movies, you'd get more uh, into that. So in the great year of 2000, our top 10 movies are starting from number one, mission impossible Two, really highest grossing for the year. This is worldwide followed by (laughs) gladiator Castaway, What women want dinosaur is a Disney film. I I'm not sure what that is. Uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, Meet the Parents, The Perfect Storm, X-Men, What Lies Beneath. 
dang, over X-Men. Well, you got to realize this... X-Men was brand new. I mean... True. That was a novel thing at the time. And I think we were saved from a problem with that one. So, according to the good old internet, legend has it, Dougree Scott, the guy who plays Ambrose, was going to play Wolverine and X-Men. But filming went over schedule and he was injured in a motorcycle accident. He was forced to drop out and was replaced by Hugh Jackman. The stars aligned that day, folks. That is... I can't imagine... What is this guy? Irish? I don't, I don't know, know my accent very well. Forgive my ignorance. It, but thank goodness, because I don't know how that would have played out. That would have been awful. Oof. How long do you think... Did you pay attention to how long this movie was as you watched it? Uh-uh. How, how long did it feel to you? felt like it was way too long. Way too long by what? Like, probably half an hour. So you clocked this movie at, what, two and a half? I, I don't know. The pacing, the slow-mo, it, it really wears you down. And you kind of yeah. forget what's happening. So Mission Impossible is a franchise. The last movie to come out was in 2018. The first one was in 1996. Mm. So, just to give you an idea of the run times here. Number one in 96, you got an hour 50. Number two in 2000, you got two hours three. MI3, two hours and six. And this is where I need to have like an MI4 colon ghost protocol from here on out because it's hard to keep track of which after three. Right. You get ghost protocol in 2011, which is 218. Hmm. Rogue Nation 2015, two hours 11. Mission Impossible Fallout 2018, two hours, 28 minutes. <laughs> For some reason, this... They're getting longer and longer. MI, yeah. MI2 is the second one in this list that has got the shortest runtime. It feels forever. True. And you want something to truly blow your mind? I mean, you talk about the runtime. Legend has it. John Woo's first cut of this movie clocked in at three and a half hours. Wow. Paramount Pictures did not like the length and told him the final cut could not exceed final cut could not exceed two hours. This would explain so many plot holes and continuity errors. Errors. Can we just talk about <laughs> p- plot holes? Were there plot holes in this movie? Uh, I mean, not entirely, but like the whole mask thing, though. I feel like is a plot hole in itself because it's only used for convenience. The the plot dictates something needs to exactly. Well, and you could say it's and, kind of a crutch for the other movies too. And some I think it's used right. better in other ones of these. But yeah, agreed. Like yeah. this was you know the first play of it. But I mean, no, I was using the first one. I oh yeah, that's right. It was huh? But face. It's been forever off. since I've seen the first one as well. Yeah, so have I. Um, that's probably why I was confused as an 11 year old day. but wait that guy was who <laughs> but he oh yeah, yeah I, I don't think there's really any plot holes though yeah I mean... when it when you clock in a movie at three and a half hours and this is what our final cut was I have to imagine there was a lot of nonsense scenes a lot of slow-mo because guess what slow-mo does Eat, at, eat up some of your runtime yeah. for 
dumb reasons. <laughs> because this movie, I think the pacing of this is okay. You throw in that slow mo, and it just you're walking through quicksand now. Yep. To go along with this production, uh, the movie initially was re- rated R, but was re really yep. They dumbed it down to PG thirteen for many actions, and many action scenes were cut out, and the violence is trimmed down considerably. So it was probably rated R because of just what you said, action and violence. I don't know, man. This movie is is sexy. True. I mean, that's all this movie is. Is uh... you know, you know what this movie really felt to me, especially the uh, the car chase scene. Uh huh. Between um the, between Ethan and oh, what's her name again? We're just gonna use your real name, Tandy. Okay. Uh, uh, Tandy is candy in this movie. Yes. Uh, I instantly thought like James Bond. Oh, I did too. Was like, that is that Pierce Brosnan? Yeah, um, Goldeneye. Like, yeah, Goldeneye. Yeah, it it felt like a complete rip off. Of yeah, that. very very close to. Boy meets girl. Car chase ensues. Exactly, for and he's some just cool reason. Head over heels for this girl for some reason, and it's like why? Like it. Yeah, I, I never really understood that that love interest either because that's what really strongly made it feel like you know james bond is there's always kind of some catch to you know him trying to get the girl instead of them being like yeah like you actually have a really hard mission like don't worry about the girl and yeah yeah this is what we got i just yeah i if you're a fan of spy movies or anything of the sorts and you saw this scene you're like well that's just james bond you know on a side note though um, I think we should start a petition and get the uh, woo cut of this. <laughs> woo cut! Woo cut! Woo cut! I want three and a half hours of slow mo doves. Slow mo doves. <laughs> I mean, and longing looks between Ethan and yeah. and the chick. Just uh, slow mo that, please. So, other side notes: each director in the franchise has been asked to return for the sequel, except for John Woo. Legend has it. According to Robert Town, who is one of the writers on this, much of his script was written around action scenes that John Woo told him he wanted to be able to direct in the movie. Does that sound like a good idea? No. Your your plot's driven by by scenes and action? I mean... Okay. It's kind of hit or miss, which, like, it's kind of, when I hear that, it, I, it kind of resonates with me, with me as, like, yeah, like, that's also kind of a good idea because, like, yeah, like, this should be kind of an action-y movie. But if you don't have a plot to drive that action, you know, and the reasons behind it, then it's just, like we, like you said, hot, hot trash. And, yeah, I think that's definitely a bad choice is you need to have your story thought and concrete first before you start playing your action scenes. Yeah. Like maybe have an idea of how many you want maybe rather than we need to plan around this. This needs to happen and this needs to happen. That's yeah. Well, cause when you do Not that, good. then you're, you're putting the writers in a corner of exactly having to get to a specific place instead of, having a natural flow of maybe how that writer sees the things going. Yep. And I feel like that's up to the director to enhance that idea through the visual medium of the film. 
and mm-hmm. not, hey, writer, I got this scene I really want to do in a Mission Impossible movie. Make the plot get to this point. Yep. Instead of, no, the plot dictates this in a logical way. Let's use that instead. So we're kind of back to the argument of like, the creative control on this, there's some give and take, I guess, but I, I guess I'd need to see another movie where a director dictated that a, a, a certain scene had to be in the movie and then you have to write to that scene and see how it actually turned out. Yeah. That, I mean, it all depends on writers, too. I mean, some could probably make it happen really smooth. Some might have troubles. I mean, yeah, it's all just kind of... The talent, I suppose, but yeah, it still seems like not such a great idea. Yeah. This was John Woo's first PG-13 and his biggest grossing film. Really? Yep. Hmm. So, I mean, he, he hitched his wagon onto this, but it just, I think this was more of an experiment to him. Yeah. So we talked about the writers. We've got producers. Want to do the producer game again? Yeah, I say 10. <laughs> Five. Dang. Yeah, Tom Cruise is one of them. Um, I again, no, nothing that these people had ever really done up until this point is of any kind of consequence to this movie. I don't know. I, again, you've got sci-fi writers essentially writing for this. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of the producers, like weird. his first uh, uh, credit, is Mission Impossible Two. Hmm. So I feel like you kind of got a whole new team involved on this. And I just, I guess experience... Probably wasn't the best team to have. Yeah, I mean, if you read, if you go on the internet and start reading some stuff, like, Tom Cruise just really wanted to do it. He's the one who approached John Woo to direct. Um, there's just a, a lot that went into trying to get this movie made, I guess. And I, I think we are lucky that this has been a franchise that has lasted this long. Again, you've got a, a movie... Yeah. based off a TV show. Mm-hmm. And I got just a mild list here of things, but I mean, you've got like Charlie's Angels that has tried that. Star Trek and its many iterations of. And a lot of these are just standalone movies that I've never seen sequels, like Starskin Hutch, Baywatch. That's still new enough it might get a sequel. Who knows? Mm, there's no point. <laughs> well, Exactly. And, you know, and this is probably one of the longest-running franchises like that. But when it comes to spy movies, you talked about James Bond. Yep. You got Mission Impossible, Born, And, I mean, this list I'm looking at, like, the Jack Ryan movies, that's one where we've had, like, Harrison Ford, Alec Baldwin, Ben Affleck always, always be in this character. So, I mean, I guess, it, sure, it's it does that. Taken, I have not seen all the Taken movies. I think I've only saw the first one, so... If that's a spy movie, fine. So out of like Born, Bond, and Mission Impossible, which would you rather watch? Probably James Bond. You think so? Well, yeah, because James Bond's still going. Like none of these really are besides Mission Impossible. Born's done. Well, I, I guess. I don't well, know I shouldn't Born. say Born's done because they have that Treadstone TV show going. There's so. a TV show? Yeah, you didn't know that. I had no idea. Yeah. Oh, shiver me timbers. I don't know if that's still going. If that's, I, I just remember I saw it not that long ago, and I was like, really, they're making a TV series about Treadstone, and yeah, whatever. Besides so the point, interesting. I yeah, I feel like the Bond scene is where it's at. 
Really? I'm not a huge fan of, of Daniel Craig as Bond. I do like Daniel Craig, but I don't really care for the newer Bonds. I think I would stick with Mission Impossible. True. I mean, I like like I said, I feel like they've uh, they've been getting a little, like better as the years go on. Because if when you boil them all down, like they're all kind of the same premise. Yeah, it's you know, bad guy does this, I have to do this or get this from bad guy to save the world. Blah blah blah. And that gets tough to keep right now. And know, again, like so. if, if you look at the years that these came out, like there's a decent amount of time before each one. Mm-hmm. And so I think it maybe cools the audience to be like, okay, I'm ready for for a new movie. Well, of Mission Impossible. The other thing, too, that I was kind of looking into, I actually just watched this video last night about it, is they said, you know, yeah, they kind of like rinse and repeat like the same scenario, but like they kind of keep it fresh by going to these <clears throat> new and like exotic places. And so, yeah, like point A and point B happen, but like all the stuff between point A and point B is like different in a sense. And so that's why I feel like some of these movies kind of, you know, are still able to work just because there's some slightly different scenarios or slightly different scenery, new places, um, like new stunts. I would agree with the stunts. Like Tom Cruise has been bringing in his own stunts and doing them and they look great visually. Mm -hmm. I would agree. You know what? I need to change my answer. The best by franchise. Uh, Fast and Furious, please. (laughs) That's becoming uh, that now, isn't it? It's becoming that and sci-fi, unfortunately. Yeah, Fast and Furious should just be labeled as sci-fi from here on out. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Do you want to talk about any of the other Mission Impossible movies, like their plot, to just to give us an idea of how this one differs from the other ones? Because you, you talked about location. like This one is only in Australia. Right. It is contained to that. Uh-huh. And um, I to so for you is that a bad move because you want to see the globe trotting exotic locations? I mean, not necessarily. I mean, it's not bad. I mean, I, I thought it was kind of cool like at the end where they were <clears throat> on that island, but also it drove me nuts cuz it's like how did he get out there without being seen? So, anyways, if he swam, like, he wasn't wet. I don't know. There's... Wait, what island? Island at the end of the movie. Like, the the little base that they were in. Oh. With the that... birds and the pigeons. Didn't he get there by helicopter? I don't know. Oh, we don't know, huh? I mean, even if he did, there was guards outside that would have seen a helicopter. Anyways. I guess I didn't pay that close attention. I was oh. maybe taking notes at the time. That... Okay, so he just randomly shows up on the island? I mean, not necessarily, but I get I mean, what you're saying, though. It's, it, it's kind of questionable because you see guards, you know, mucking about, and it's like, okay, well, if he got there... Because it kind of it, it kind of feels like he did get there by helicopter. Because, well, because it's there, because that's how he gets picked up. He, exactly, but and they were also, like, overlooking with their binoculars from the, from the helicopter as well. But it's like, dude, like, these guys would be very suspicious of that, like... Yeah, anyways, I thought the concept and the idea of that little island was, you know, cool, but... Hmm. Um, anyway, so you're saying locations, um, I think one... F- so, <laughs> I forget how many films there actually are, and I don't remember their names, and I don't know 
which location they're gonna go with which. But I can tell you that there was like Russia, and I'm that was sure. ghost, ghost protocol because they okay. blew up the Kremlin. Yep, the Kremlin. Um, what was it Dubai? Um, I with the big tower that the, he scaled. Oh, probably maybe. Yeah, and the big sandstorm. I think that was Dubai. Is that Rogue Nation? Uh, possibly. Or is that number three? No. <laughs> I'm getting all confused with my mission. See exactly now. like they all just, blend together. Apparently, yeah. Because I mean, I know which one you're talking about. He scales the building with the suction cup yeah. things and. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's see, and then the the re- most recent one with uh, our boy the Witcher, Henry Cavill. Yep. He's Superman. How dare you? Respect the S. Uh, Snyder cut. Yeah, Snyder cut. Um. They're kind of in a few different places in that film, weren't they? Yeah, I I don't know if they make specific, like you know, writing it on the screen of where right. they're at. I couldn't tell you. Well, and and also too, I almost kind of feel like that these films are slight, you know, James Bondish just because like some of the gadgets they use. Because I forgot when you when you said the Kremlin, I was thinking about that gadget they use to where it like projects that image. Oh yeah. You know, for the people that are looking in that, I, to I thought, sneak up the hot, the, the hallway. Yeah. Like I thought that was pretty clever, you know, like it's just the little gadgets and knickknacks they throw in there care, you know, can be good. There are some good visual things in these movies that oh, yeah. are always engaging. Uh, as of right now, they, are tentatively planning uh, to film two more back-to-back of these. But because of COVID, I mean, their shooting schedules are going to be well, all over the place. Well, speaking of that, so I wonder if this next Mission Impossible is going to be that big hype that everyone's talking about with Tom Cruise filming in space. Ooh. <laughs> because that's supposedly happening. He's going to film a He's supposed to be the first person to like be filming in actual space. Has Tom Cruise been in? He's never been in a movie that took him into space. He's been in sci-fi movies, but he's never been in space as a character. I, I don't think so. I don't know. But I mean, even we're so, we're fans of Tom Cruise. I haven't seen all of his movies, but right. I mean, but I'm willing I, to bet no. Uh, yeah. Either way, like actual filming in actual space is that's way way cool. So that's I hope. Impressive. Well, that's his next big stunt. I hope it's Mission Impossible. Right, Fast and Furious. That might be a stop. It's Fast and Furious, Ted. You are going to be so let down. It might be a really, so really down. cool idea, especially with space. Oh man, I can just see it now. Him doing like a sky dive from space. High, a high orbit dive. <laughs> oh my gosh, he's got to reach the, reach the speed of sound in order to. Uh, he burns up in do, the atmosphere. Do something. Oh. How did Tom Cruise die today? Uh, uh, space jump. Uh, That's all right. He'll be raptured up into heaven through Scientology. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Do they believe in a raptured uh, up to heaven? Do they even believe I in heaven? Know. I don't know. Let's get into the meat of this movie. So let's go back to our classic movie themes. Dude, this movie, does it want me to say it's a love story? Because... This thing eventually, to me, Feels... turns into a love triangle yeah. with a side mission of spy. Yeah, that's that's exactly no what gusta. it is. Recruit her because of her thieving abilities. Oh, that scene's just so sexy, man. Can you that? Oh, 
Man, uh, just that whole. Oh, it's, it's yeah, magnificent. It's it's what I want to see. So yeah, they 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 lie together, and then soon after that, he's talking to his boss, and he's like, "No, no, no, she has to go back to Ambrose because they used to be lovers, because we need her to spy for us." And then he gets all mad, like. No, she can't do it. It's too dangerous. But it's really because he doesn't like the idea of her being with him. It's a jealousy thing. Yeah, right? which is just... It's just dumb. It's dumb. Let's back, to say. let's back up to the, to the start of this movie. This movie stumbles over itself with this opening sequence. <laughs> so bad. I think I would have rather have it be mysterious still that he doesn't remove that mask until later. And that plane crash should have been the start of the title scene. No, you essentially have two openings to this and they both just piss me off. (laughs) I hate the music with the Tom Cruise part climbing up the, the mountain. It's cool. Visually. Yeah. I think it's cool. He does his own stunts. But then the, once you, he gets to that top, there's some editing up there that's just super frustrating that takes you right out of it. Yep. It's like the same shot of his reaction of like getting the rocket message because he's on vacation and that whole thing. Like It just, it, right off the gate, it just feels super clumsy. Yep. That plane exploding should have been the title sequence and then in, our introduction to Ethan Hunt. And I would still argue... I want to leave that title sequence believing Ethan Hunt just killed that whole plane. Right? Give me some that, mystery here. Like, yeah, that would I have need been something good. because you you just kind of almost redid the first movie in the first three minutes of this one. And I'm just Literally. like, oh, okay, well, so. And then it makes it extra confusing because IMF used him, correct? Because he had doubled for Ethan before. So they intercepted this message from the scientist. And because they couldn't find Ethan, they sent this guy instead. And then he turns rogue. That That's the plot of this. Yeah. And if you're not paying like extra close attention, like I think you miss it. Like, oh, he's IMF. He was sent there to do it. And then for some reason, he's got his own crew and he's rogue. Yeah, I was gonna say. I, I guess I definitely missed that. Yeah, that's that's what it is. <laughs> because they're like, yeah, Ethan, he's doubled for you, so uh, we sent him in, and then he stole everything and killed everybody, and now we need his ex chick to go in there and spy for us because we don't know what's going on. And it's like, well, then how about you yeah, hire one of your own IMF agents to pretend to be her for a little? Maybe, maybe that doesn't work either. Who knows? Yeah. So back to the themes. This really wants to be a love triangle movie, which I don't think works. No, definitely not. Humanity versus technology. Mm, kind of. In, in some sort of way, maybe. Sacrifice. None. I, I don't know, dude. Ethan's got to uh, sacrifice that love interest for a little Whatever. while. Hey, do you get it? This chick is just so hot. Every guy wants her. Yep. Do you get it? Through all the visual cues, through the slow motion, through the music, through everything. Like, she is just everything. Everything. Good versus evil. 
Uh, I don't know. What's evil about wanting to kill people with the virus and make money? So, this plot was stolen by Ninja Turtles and Spider-Man. Yeah. Release something yeah. that does something to people. And then we also are the only ones with the cure. So, now we make so much money you could never possibly imagine. Played out. Death, not really. No one of super consequence dies in this movie. No. Perseverance. Ethan's got to keep the mission going. Coming of age. I don't know. This could turn into a, a teen drama of this love triangle. <laughs> Everybody's got to find out what love is. We're going to skip family drama because that's not it. Uh, reason versus faith. Not really. Justice. Mm, kind of. In a way, yeah. Maybe. Who knows? And then from ScreenCraft.org, I got a couple things we can talk about. Uh, internal arcs. So a good or mildly good movie will have an internal and an external arc of what's going on. So our internal arc, you need to have acceptance, revelation, contentment. Uh, the protagonist's internal arc is emotionally three arc structure. They have to accept the current state and situation. So act one. So by this logic, what is our situation in act one? Mind you, dude, the actual mission doesn't start until after an hour. The first hour of this movie is just straight set up and getting all of the pieces in place to essentially do a heist twice. A twice heist movie <laughs> twice and heist. it goes so fast it is jarring so you're asking the first act of this yeah could you could you define the first act of this movie because after reading this i was like i i'm not skilled enough maybe to know but as a viewer i feel like i should be able to kind of pinpoint it and i'm not sure i was gonna say i'm not entirely too sure myself i because if, if Act 2 is forcing them to come to a revelation about some feelings and emotions, would that be the fact that she is being recruited to do the mission? Because he's not driven by the fact that he's got a virus. He's really driven like to protect her. Right. So even his his arc isn't really saving everybody. It's just saving her at the, at, at the end of this. Yeah. Which I guess in a way saves everybody. But she was also willing to kill herself to make sure it didn't happen. So, right. who knows? Because I sure don't. And then Act 3 is essentially the end of the movie. Like, they've accepted their content. Which is them just hugging and kissing in a public area. Yeah, it was just uh, so cool. So, external. Shh. You got action, reaction, consequences. Well, there's a lot of action the and conflict? reaction and consequences. I think we've talked about the conflict. Our act one conflict is she is being recruited. He doesn't want her to be. Mm-hmm. I guess. And he the, doesn't want to be jealous. And I guess the virus is the side plot? Possibly. Side quest? Side yes. quest, please. Level up. And then show how they deal with the consequence of the actions. Again, is it is it the whole heist of the thing? 
Dude, it's tough to it's tough to nail this movie down. <laughs> I guess because I, I, if you're I saying suppose. this movie was three and a half hours long and we just got over two hours, like how, like dude? What, like what additional stuff I like would make know. this? I already feel like this movie's too long for what it is. Oh yeah, because like I said, if that first hour is just straight setup, after that first of two intros, I don't know. I want the woo cut. Woo cut. Woo cut. Uh, how they react. I guess Ethan gets mad and then he decides to get determined about finishing the mission and finding the virus. Also, yeah, that whole scene when he was at the lab getting the virus drove me up a wall. Dude, that's so... It's like you guys are literally don't even care about the virus. Like there's no care whatsoever. Killing kill the guy that's like holding the the little vial gun. It's like has a glass tube, you know? It's just oh, so reckless. He destroyed the petri dishes with lasers, right? Yeah, all about that. Yeah, but then there's like that the, one the guns. Can we just agree? Dude, go in there with like a high intensity heat bomb and just blow up that no level kidding. and be done. Right. The the whole idea of like I've got to sneak in, and then one by one destroy them, and then I'm gonna have a bomb in there anyway. Is just. Uh. And again, if you're if you're telling me this is a three and a half hour movie, dude, did he take a shit while he was in there too? Yeah, no kidding. Because this is just stupid. Uh. Yeah. Sad days. And then show how they deal with the consequence of those actions. I don't know, dude. I guess he murders that guy at the end in self-defense. Yeah, it's kind of about Ambrose? Yep. I mean, the bad guy must die. The nice fight. Also, was that... Did he have long hair in MI3? Oh, those glorious locks? Yeah. Uh, I don't know, dude. Does that distract you? From no, I was just curious because like he's always had short hair and like I'm pretty sure most of his films, besides he's fairly clean know, cut. And all yeah, them, yeah. For a hand few. So I was just wondering if maybe that was because of this film or because of John Woo because X Y Z reason. Who knows? Uh, but just off the pictures real quick and the like the DVD cover, it, it's short hair. On MI three. Yeah. I think from here on out, he's he's fairly clean cut. So it was only MI2. Was yeah. the, that's funny. Makes you wonder if he wore a wig. <laughs> or if that's actual Tom Cruise long hair. <laughs> Who wins in long hair battle? Tom Cruise in this movie or Brad Pitt in World War Z? Definitely Brad Pitt. Yeah, Brad Pitt, I guess. I mean, like I said, dude, this movie's just too sexy. It's so sexy that our good guy and bad guy are both wearing black. Yeah. That is how sexy this movie is, man. Yeah. You can't tell the two at the very end when they're fighting. She's like, oh, wait, who, who's that? Are we going to give this movie too much credit and say that was on purpose? Because <laughs> Ambrose pretended to be him as a good guy. Like, pretended to be a good guy, but was actually the bad guy. And then you've got the good guy. Who's the I good mean, guy who ends up killing the bad guy? And essentially... Uh, other people I, I throughout think this a, whole movie. I think it's a fluke. 
Just a fluke. I think it's just that they wanted to do it because it looked cool. This movie is just this movie takes style over substance every time. Mm-hmm. And it is rough. So speaking of World War Z, if we're talking about a virus in this movie, <laughs> can we get a mission of possible zombie movie? Yeah, right. I mean, it would be cool. At but... some time, you gotta start throwing out some some crazy ideas and scenarios. Like IMF has to stop a global virus zombie outbreak. Here's your mission if you choose to accept it. I think that'd be kind of cool. Movie rewrite. Do it. How how would you play that? Would you play it as and and they'd be like well, zombies? Like that's Ooh. not real. How? Yeah, Benja be like, what? Like that? Nah. Well, you got the dude from Shaun of the Dead in here. Exactly. I think we could do it. I think <laughs> that'd be great. That'd be hilarious. I mean, why not? If if you keep it self-contained enough, I think you could get away with like, Probably. this country was exposed to a virus from a bigger country as an experiment, and now we have the living dead Ethan, can you go in there and uh, stop it? Choose your team. Let's go back to that car scene he talked about. A lot of problems with it. A, they're yelling at each other. Oh, yeah. While they're driving fast. Impossible. With top down. Possible. Of course, on a windy mountain road Uh with a cliff. And then somehow, by an act of the almighty God... These cars lock up to each other and continue to do a flat spin due to jet wash. Top Gun reference. <laughs> towards a cliff. She falls out of the car and hanging on to the door. He's able to rescue her and then proceeds to sit in the driver's seat that is dangling off a cliff. Right. This movie is too damn sexy. Yeah. Get out of the cars, guys. Oh. <sighs> Adrenaline does weird things to you, I guess. Pretty much. I guess I disconceded this whole meet cute twice, essentially, with the, for them. It is super annoying. I, I guess mm-hmm. I would want something a little bit more realistic and of some kind of substance. And my thought was, since that meeting with them at that heist she was trying to do didn't go well... Maybe he sabotages her car. Like, you know, just the engine breaks down and then he just kind of rolls up and like they had an honest conversation because this is like the art of seduction and manipulation of what's going on here. And I don't understand, especially the fact like everything that happens in this movie is based around her because she's so damn sexy, man. Do you get it? Do you get it? Yeah, she is not in any other movies. And then in the third one, he's no. like getting married. Yeah, right. And it's like that's a huge problem, man. <sighs> yeah, these guys are supposed to kind of be closed off and not have family. I mean, I guess you'd say two and three skirt that line of being of breaking that rule, but <laughs> I don't get it. It's stupid. I just think that beginning, like, there could have been something a little different because it's a misdirect with the whole she's a thief and that's why we need her. So then we've got to show her being a thief. So we're back into that show-don't-tell right. scenario, which kind of works, but then it doesn't go anywhere because she also, he also 
allowed her to steal it and then get caught. So yep. is she good or not? Nah, she's not good at all. They shouldn't have anyone with her in the first place. But they needed her. They should have just went in there and it killed Ambrose and been done with it because he was rogue. Surgical strike. Like with that. the drone. Wait, were drones cool back then? Probably not as cool as they are now. No, nah, probably not. Either way, you could have shaved off like an hour and a half if you were just done it that way. Yeah. <laughs> so another problem I've got with this is you got to help me remember here because I was so foggy on this. When they tell Ethan what's going on, they show a picture of one of the pilot's dead body. Mm-hmm. How? Dude, that plane hit the freaking side of a mountain. There ain't nothing left yeah, of anybody. It's like what? Disintegrated, right? And I guess I didn't understand for plot purposes. What is that showing Ethan? Like they shows the burnt it, out plane, and then there's a pilot that there's no reason didn't. I don't think there's a reason. I, to it's it. just one of those things. I was like, no, everybody's charred. Ethan really doesn't need motivation. He just no. needs to do what he's told. There, Again, I don't get it. There probably was something to importance of that person. It just was cut out. Well, and you'll find out in the Woo Cut 2020. Yeah. And we talked about that Ambrose is an IMF agent that went rogue. Mm-hmm. Does that add anything to this story? I mean... Because you didn't even mm, realize it, really. And no, I, yeah. I've seen this movie a handful of times, and I think a time or two ago it kind of clicked. Well, I don't understand how a current IMF agent decides to go rogue. Because it's not like he knew this stuff was going to happen, did he? Because he had nothing to do with biosite up until that point. So he was able to get this done really quickly. <coughs> and that is crazy in itself in the context of the story. Well, yeah, because movie's got a movie. Yeah. It's... it's the, I have no words to describe <coughs> why this is... That really drives me nuts now that you said that the original, or how like how much more to the film there was, because now just I'm just been sitting here wondering like w- w- would this make any more sense if it was longer? Like it was there actual things that kind of lined up and told a better story, which I like probably not. Because it's still probably all revolve around that love interest, unless they added that for X Y Z reason. I have a feeling the three and a half hour version's got a lot of nudity in it. Dude, you're, if this was his first PG thirteen movie, you gotta oh, wonder. Oh yeah, true. Because honestly, like the violence in this is interesting. I guess it's what you would expect for this kind of movie. Right. It. it I mean, it's not excessive. It, it's hitting it's it's skirting that line and i i would just be super curious to know how much of that had to be cut out because there's really nothing there's no torture i i guess i don't understand how you've got an hour or, or a three and a half hour r-rated cut of this movie laying around without having more language or nudity or sex along with the violence right but i mean violence and or gore you know I don't know, dude. Have, having that but, guy's tip, tippy of the finger getting cut off with that cigar cutter? Yeah. that's That was a little cringeworthy. Yeah. That is true. But you're also probably right for especially how much... Uh, yeah, they really focused on her. There probably would have been some of that. 
more of it rather or actual nudity which you don't need it's it's a mission impossible film i don't know man do you get uh do you get a tom cruise cheek in this movie no if it was rated r no he's too classy for that yeah all right i feel like i actually feel like he is (laughs) but who knows he's too classy for it (laughs) no 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 too sexy too sexy i'm too classy no no i'm not doing Let's go back to this finger cut scene. I feel this only serves the the, the sole purpose of this is, is for the payoff later yep. to realize he just shot his own buddy. Yep, that's the only reason. Which is frustrating. So Ambrose has surrounded <coughs> himself with people he trusts, right? Uh huh. His number two, number one, number one, number two. <laughs> if Ambrose the boss that make this no guy it's his guy number one it's his right hand man right hand man comes to him with legit concerns about this woman showing up in his life and the first thing he does is cut some of this dude's finger off yeah it's dumb you know what happens this guy is no longer 100 percent loyal to you no but for some reason he is that because is so this dumb. that that was an intelligent conversation that could have been had. But this Ambrose character is so stupid and horny, he won't have any of it. Yep. And is ready to almost kill this guy for even second-guessing him because... It's probably because he's sitting there thinking, like, oh, he's just trying to take it from me. Nah, yeah. <laughs> and the, the only payoff is after he shoots him, he's like, oh, his finger, like, he made him look no. like Ethan. And back to that finger thing, like, hey, Um, Ethan, you got to take off anything that's distinguishing from the guy. Uh, That would mean a Band-Aid. Yeah. On his fingy. Because it's visible. You can hide tattoos if he's wearing all long clothes. Right. Which, okay, the other thing that drove me nuts, since we're kind of talking about this, like, the mask thing, is when... Ambrose poses as Ethan and talks to her. Like, you would think that since Ethan knows that this can happen, like, you think that they would have, like, some sort of code code word. Oh, my gosh! I thought the same thing! To be like, hey, he can do this just as I can. So, um, code word, just in case if he, you know, tries to sneak up on you and do what he actually did in the film like that's hilarious you came up with the same thing i've got but... it here too hey if we're doing space swapping we got to have a code word exactly or something exactly but and then that's... again this movie is streets behind yeah and it's just it's very poor thinking on that because yeah that that should have never that, that should have never happened yeah, because isn't she trying to sneak out? Then he shows up, and it's like, <clears throat> yeah, and you know he starts like talking to her, and right when he started talking to her, she should have played along and just, you know, because no code word. So yeah, there should have been some kind of phrase on there, like she could start saying, "He's got to finish it," you know, like the coffee in Peru. Yeah, yeah, like so, like you say hot. something, and then yeah, then he has to. But the coffee and Paraguay is much hotter. Something or blah blah blah. I mean, yeah, in any sort of combination, but yeah, it's it's dumb. I need a Dwight Schrute uh, code phrase in here. (laughs) 
I already touched on that this took an hour, 10 minutes before our actual mission starts where he's busting into this building. Dude, an hour, 10? Are you serious? An hour, 10. Holy crap. Uh, the lasers on the growing dishes. I don't understand how that works. Uh, you know what works, buddy? A uh, spray bottle of bleach. True. What are these Petri it's... dishes doing under under lasers? Who knows? Uh, a visual looks cool, so do it. Okay. Yeah. We'll write it in the script, pal. <laughs> yeah, I still vote blow that thing up and we can move on. But it's got to set up this whole thing of she's going to inject herself and now it becomes real all of a sudden. Yep. And this last bit of the movie, all of a sudden there's a ticking clock. Oh, a little too late. Dude, yeah. can you imagine if this movie had already been two hours and you've got an hour and a half left and then it's like, hey, you've got 20 hours to find this stuff. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> you've got 20 hours. What is going stuff. on? Uh, yeah. And then we got to go and appreciate, dude, the gunfighting and the floor sliding is superb. Yeah, it is. That fight or the gun scene there in that building is just not stupid. <laughs> okay, we talked about that island. We don't know how he gets there or don't remember. There's, There's probably by helicopter, but they've got that helicopter. Why is it a lot of these movies decide that a motorcycle bad guy is the way to go? When was that ever practical? Oh, I know. Because it gives him a way out. Yeah. And then it turns into some real Days of Thunder shit on that bridge. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just drive uh, through that fire, buddy. Just drive through that fire. Yep. And then how many scenes do we need of them shooting at the helicopter for our guy to curl up into a ball and get away from fire? There is a lot of repeated action and true again you're telling me this movie has a cut of three and a half hours are we just seeing scenes redone rehashing story that's already been told i don't understand uh, how i don't either how and i i, I like to think this was a, a a big time learning opportunity for tom cruise to go forward with the movies to realize what worked between one and two and how the franchise needs to go from here Hey, we are not action love necessarily. We are espionage, right. spy stuff. And it seemed like he kind of got that formula figured out because, I mean, it seems like they've been steadily getting better as yeah. time goes on. I mean, That's true. I don't know. There's a lot of people that I've, I know personally that don't like the Mission Impossible movies or Tom Cruise. I. I think you said it yourself personally. I like Tom Cruise in the Mission Impossible movies. I know they're kind of cheesy and corny, but they're they're still a good watch. You know? Tom Cruise will usually get me to watch something. Like I said, I've never seen all of his movies. My first intro to Tom Cruise would have been Top Gun, mm-hmm. and then from there I've kind of been hit or miss. I've I've liked him when he's done sci-fi. Oblivion I thought was good. Uh, that dude, uh, Minority Report. Minority Report's pretty good. I really like that movie. There's, there's some. He, he's done some good movies, and oh, I think, yeah. I mean, I think anymore when you think Tom Cruise, Mission Impossible, because this is his longest franchise. Yep. I mean, like I said, 
it's 20 years. Yep. And just to go back to these turnaround times, between Rogue Nation and this newest one, Fallout, was the shortest turnaround time of, of between any of them. And I think we would have one coming out soon if we didn't have production hiccups going on right now. Right. And honestly, with the addition of Henry Cavill and Fallout, this is probably the second sexiest Mission Impossible. Yeah, I would agree. Especially with that mustache of oh, his. That mustache, yeah. Oof. Too bad it ruined Justice League. <laughs> oh, no, I'm sorry. CG ruined Justice League because... Uh, I can't believe how bad that looked. Like, you could so tell. It's. Uh... I've not seen that movie all the way through. I don't know if I ever will. Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> There's so not enough weird. Henry Cavill in it maybe to get my butt to sit down and watch it long enough. From a movie rewrite standpoint, I, I think this just suffered right from the get-go when you've got a director who allegedly wanted to do certain scenes and then you're asking the writers to get to those scenes. I, it goes back to what creativity is being sacrificed for this. Right. And like I say, like I think Tom Cruise learned from this because as a producer, he's got a lot of pull, especially – because it's Tom Cruise. It's not like mm-hmm. he's a no-name actor at this point. Right. And especially for this... Dude, you went from 96 and this came out in 2000. So, I mean, you've you've got some time in there to really get a script and a good director involved. And I'm not saying John Rue's a bad director, but I think you really need to hone in on what are we trying to create? Right. Yeah, if you liked Face Off and uh, Broken Arrow... And you like his style, okay. But it's also like, is that the direction you're taking this Mission Impossible? Because I would argue, too, I think you said it, too, from here on out, they're pretty consistent in tone and look. Right. I mean, yeah, motorcycles make a comeback, but they're not as crazy as what is in this movie. No, it wasn't like as over the top. I mean, like we talked about before, like the, the whipping of that motorcycle happens two or three times oh yeah one's cool two's okay three all right you gotta give me something different now man especially in a span of five minutes yeah well and the other thing too is it kind of seems like some of the stunts and the stuff that's is happening is more realistic in the later films i mean yeah there's still some stuff that's you know Mm -hmm. probably not humanly possible or is you know can't be done but still for the most part it seems like a lot of the the action sequences and stuff that happens is pretty close to you know like that could happen in real life per se they're smarter yeah yeah which is nice i i would say that too um i think because he finally got some good a good writing team and then he actually has actors that keep returning back for these yeah which is also nice which i think keeps the tone in check yep and keeps things going because these movies are like ethan gets a team together well no ethan just has a team <laughs> that he always calls on because there's yeah. a trust and relationship there yep. and just real quick i think what i read was this was the only movie of the mi franchise where he is an active mif agent and not like disavowed or rogue or anything else right. like he's actually like on the up and up doing this Mm-hmm. And then those rules get flip flop from here on out. I yes. want to talk about something that's controversial for a second. 
Okay. We love controversy. So the Will Smith movie. Was it Public Enemy? Yeah, that I don't think that's the name of it. Yeah. Jack Black's in that movie. Uh-huh. As like an operator. Uh-huh. Same as Seth Green. Oh, yeah, interesting. If Chris Farley hadn't died, I want him in these movies. Dude. That yeah, right. Chris Farley breaks out of like strictly comedy movies, hits into the action scene as being an operator with Ethan Hunt. That would have Can you imagine? <laughs> Can you? I mean, yeah, because Why not? You know, like Benji is Simon Pig. You know funny. Yeah. And Chris Farley I, would definitely I like Simon Pig, but I think would you like, scenarios. I mean, do you get rid of Ving Rames? He's not using like muscle in these movies. He's just the no, tech guy. Like yeah. I can see Chris Farley being a tech guy. Yeah. Damn you, Chris Farley. <sighs> I know, right? You burned out bright and fast. Too fast. But yeah, that that was an interesting. I would have never thought of that. But yeah, that's that'd be my only recast. That would have been interesting to see how. Uh, yeah, that would turned out. Because whenever that. Will Smith came out. I don't know the the star power of Jack Black or Seth Green at that time, but I mean they're doing bit parts in that movie. Mm-hmm. I would venture to guess by the time this movie gets cast and out, Chris Farley would probably have had a little bit more street cred. Yeah, I mean if you put on their Mission Impossible two starring Tom Cruise, Chris Farley, you think two things: oh, this just turned into a comedy, and holy shit, when does it come out? Right. Yeah, you're way more engaged to it. That's. Yeah. And then he's in every single one of them. What what was that movie? Because it's not Public Enemy. It's close to that, isn't it? Yeah, it's close to it. I couldn't tell you. Enemy of the State. Yeah, Enemy of the State. I, was like, I think Public Enemy was a, a Johnny Depp movie. Yeah. Enemy of the State. <laughs> yeah. That was, that when was... you said the Bad Boys, I was like, what? I was like, I'm not thinking of Bad Boys. <laughs> Like, what are you thinking uh, Wild of? Wild West. That's the one I'm thinking of where he's got an operator. Oh, wild Wild West. Wild Jeez. Wild West. Hey, you know that short road to take to get to places? I took the long one to get there. <sighs> I wanted that view. <laughs> yep, yep. Oh, Mission Impossible 2. So I would I'd also say this is the weakest of the franchise so far. I would agree. If you were to watch these, I think it, there's could, real no connection could, to them. No, I was going to say you could literally watch one jump to three and, and then fine. jump to three and yeah it, 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 there's no like inconsistencies the only time that they connect back is three then connects back out with the, the fallout the new one because of his wife yes and in between the, the those movies those ghost protocol and rogue nation she's not mentioned and so you kind of think it's a drop thread but again if you if you've got a movie that Kind of connects to itself, but not really. Mm-hmm. The only thing that, well, even then, like it's bringing back some of the same bad guys, and like the syndicate comes back into some of them. So like, there starts to be a connecting thread through all of them. Right. So I mean, it, it like I agree. I think they do get better to an extent on these. Uh, the internal logic of these, they hold it for the most part. Like we discussed, we think two is probably the worst internal logic wise. Oh, yeah. yeah, you've got a, you know, your yeah right moments in some of these, but they're not near as bad as what you get in like the Fast and Furious franchise or maybe a James Bond 
and I think the James Bond one, my eyes start rolling at some of the dialogue. Yeah. Not necessarily the action. It's usually the dialogue. I think Mission Impossible as a franchise whole keeps things fairly contained and they hit the comedic timing when it needs to happen. Agreed. Because they've got better people to fill those roles. Yep. Should have been Chris Farley. <laughs> well, it's, Let's get that technology back. It's also... Resurrecting. Um, like, they, they could have, with this film, is just get rid of, like, that whole love interest. And... But see, you, if you do that, it almost seems like you just would ha- have to just fully eliminate her character in general. Because she's not really needed, like, at all. You know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah right. she's used to, like, infiltrate and to somewhat keep tabs. But it's like, you could send anyone there or they somewhat... Like, how do they kn- know where he was at to for her to go to him? You know, so it's like, if they already know where he's at... Like, you have that satellite that looks and can see all the way down. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, just, it's just dumb. Well, she we, just got rid of that, have action scenes. Well, we go back to that, his number two voices concerns. She swipes the envelope from him at the track. Yeah. And then puts it back in the wrong jacket pocket. And yeah. again, I'm like, you keep telling me she's super great at her job. This right. is why she's been recruited. She not. already just screwed the pooch. Yeah, he's aware not. of it, and then his buddy is basically vindicated. Like I told you so, dude. Yep. And then again, they beat it into your head later when he's like, "It's in my jacket pocket, my right jacket pocket." And it's yep. like, "Oh yeah, we get it. It should have been the left. We saw that through the visual cues." Yep. You are just repeating, like Spoon show, feed. don't tell. Spoon feed. But now you're doing both. And I think it was in slow-mo, so I really got it. <laughs> I think it was in slow-mo. <laughs> and there might have been a quick... Can you do a quick zoom while in slow-mo? Yeah, because I like feel a, like... A nice little zoom stutter, you know? Where it's I, like, oh, hey. oh, the hand is going pocket. Oh, I, I feel like at some point pocket. there's like a quick zoom into something, and then it's a yes. wider shot, and then it's in slow-mo. Like, you're getting quick zooms on reactions, uh, and I'm just like, oh my... Just stop. This movie is not artsy fartsy in any way. Maybe it works with a different kind of film. Not here. Yeah, definitely not here. Not here at all. So, would you like to choose or accept a second mission of a redacted script? Oh, here we go. You will be playing Sean Ambrose, our yeah, bad I see. guy. I see. I, I'm going to do John McCloy, who is the biotech <laughs> guy that they are persuading to give them stock. And this is when they're meeting towards the end on the island compound. You ready? Yep. How quickly can you manufacture more of the antivirus? My whole life sucks. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know where I'm going. My dad just died. I just got, I just killed Bambi. I'm out getting my ass kicked. And every time I drive down the road, I want to jerk the wheel into a goddamn bridge and Butman. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Biocide stock is just a few weeks away from going through the roof. Hey, I'll tell you what, you can get a good look at a butcher's ass by sticking your head up there, but wouldn't you rather take his word for it? An outbreak of chimera? I'm just dandy. I got a bowl of chocolate pudding in my underpants. Which means, Mr. McCoy, we need to get our hands on 480,000 stock Mm -hmm. options. We'll borrow your $30 million to buy those options. Your stock had never sold above $31 a share. 
When your stock goes <clears throat> north of 200, which it will, those shares will be worth billions and I will own 50% of Biosite. Young fella, I'm going to twist off your head and spike it onto the floors of a nightmare you can't even imagine. I will dance with you inside the six-sided ring of fire unless you move from this area far and fast now! <laughs> Sit down. You'll be a billionaire. It's better than being broke. I have Terrace and another pharmaceutical company standing in line. The ball's in your court, Mr. McCloy. And scene. Okay, Chris Farley went on to play the site, uh, the, the role of the biotech guy, but... Uh, <laughs> That's hilarious. He could have been in there. Oh. Chris Farley. Too soon, my man. He will Too be soon, missed. my man. Well, for movie rewrite, Mission Impossible 2, I'd say skip it. Yeah, I, skip I still it think it's together. a superior spy franchise, and this is the weakest of them all. I, By I, far. I mean, I, I think I've mentioned before, I can't sit down and do a, re, a watch of all James Bond movies. I, they're too long for one thing, and it's just too much. Well, I was going to say, I mean, if you're tr if you're talking all James Bonds, I mean, that's forever. Unless you want to keep it contained in the '90s, where this movie came out, and say everything from Pierce Brosnan on, maybe you've got a superior franchise in that. I mean, maybe I've got the Pierce Brosnan collection right there, and I'm looking at it. True that. Right on top. I yeah uh, I maybe maybe he was Gu so gun to head I. We'd probably still say Mission Impossible. Hmm. I don't know. I guess I like Tom Cruise better. True. I mean, uh, I, I wouldn't disagree because, yeah, I mean, I like Mission Impossible just as you, so. I guess we'll see what the future holds for the franchise. I hope. I hope the next Mission Impossible is shot in space. That I, would I be hope. fantastic. I hope that's what this next film is. <laughs> space, Mission, Mission Impossible. Yes. I'm all for it. Same. For Movie Rewrite, I'm Cole. And I'm John. Until next time.